Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Today, we're going to discuss the subject of power in prayer, and I believe that God is going to do real miracles when you ask Him to do certain things in prayer. You're going to see the miraculous power of God revealed, so we want to talk about that today. But first, let me talk just for a moment about Yom Kippur, because as of today, as you're watching this program, we're just a little bit less than three weeks away, actually technically 20 days. And this is a very important day on the Hebrew calendar. If we were to be technical, it's actually in the eyes of the Jewish people, the most important day of the year. And if you were to ask a Jewish person, particularly an Orthodox Jewish person, who would be familiar with the Torah, what their concept of Yom Kippur is, it's pretty much consistent across the board. Uh, Number one, there's a focus on forgiveness, a big focus on forgiving anybody, any person who has wronged you, who has done you wrong in any form or way, but to get rid of that Uh, any form of bitterness or unforgiveness to completely let it go. So the big thing about Yom Kippur is forgiveness. And number two, you also see that Yom Kippur is a marker day concerning the Shemitah year. And any time that year would roll around, that would be an announcement of the forgiveness of debt. So Yom Kippur has always Since the day God initiated it through his servant Moses, it has always revolved around the concept of forgiveness, and that was the national day that sins were, we could say, rolled away or covered. That's what the word atone or the day of atonement means. It's the covering of the sins of God's people. And also, it's eternal tie-in with Yom Kippur, day of atonement, connecting with the forgiveness of debt. Praise God. Now, this is very interesting because I had been waiting on the Lord to share something with me concerning this very special day. Uh, I didn't get anything, so I just kept waiting. And, you know, I get a lot of things in the mail, and I, I see what other ministers are doing. And sometimes they use a feast day or special event to, you know, promote perhaps a work that they're doing, and then you're going to get all the literature in the mail. And a lot of times, if we're honest, you look at the literature, you can tell that this is stuff that was put together by a marketing company. And when you read it or look at it, you kind of have to think, is this just a ploy to uh, move my emotions, or did the man of God really hear from God? And if so, why is it so uh, being like marketed as something, you know. Um, But I want to share something with you today, and I'm going to be talking about it as we get closer to the actual day of Yom Kippur, which is October the 4th at sundown and going through October 5th. Uh, The Lord actually, after I waited on Him, He did speak to me. Even before this, my wife said, Stephen, are you getting something from the Lord concerning Yom Kippur? And I kept praying about it, but I didn't get anything from the Lord. But he did, after continuing to seek his face, he did speak to me. And if I'm going to be truthful with you, I'll just share this. This is not something to try to maybe like boast in what could be termed spirituality. I do pray, though, that it would stir hunger. And those of you that are deeper, uh, wanting to go deeper in the things of God and hear from the Lord, um, the Lord did speak to me after I prayed uh, all night in prayer. And I started just before 9 p.m. and uh, stopped at 6 o'clock. So I prayed all night long, and uh, then I, I got just a little bit of sleep, two hours of sleep. And then I woke up and got into the day, and it was just after that that the Lord spoke to me, and it was like a download. And I knew that this download was also the Lord answering my request or prayer, Lord, what would you have me say? concerning this very, very special day. So I got this by a download from the Holy Spirit, and I want to share it with you. And this is what the Lord instructed me to share with you concerning Yom Kippur, which is coming up in less now than three weeks. 
God wanted me to tell you that he wants you to sow a seed for debt freedom to break forth in your life. Now, if you're watching and you have any type of financial debt, remember Yom Kippur is directly associated with forgiveness and also even uh, in the Shemitah year, forgiveness of debt. If you have any type of debt, whether it's credit card debt, if you have a mortgage debt, if you have a vehicle loan or whatever it might be, or if you have something that could even be considered maybe like a monster debt, something that's stretching like a way up there, maybe you even have a debt that's over a million dollars and just the interest alone could be uh, eating you alive, as they would say. My friends, I, I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord's instructions that God has instructed me to share with you that he wants you to sow a seed for debt freedom. He wants you to sow it on Yom Kippur, or if you want to get it in before Yom Kippur, you can, because I'm going to be praying over every seed that comes in. And I'm not saying that lightly. As you sow your seed for Yom Kippur, which is eternally connected with debt forgiveness, I am praying that God do what only God could do and bring you out of debt. Now, I know that you could be working extra, perhaps, even to come out of debt. But if you look at that on paper, logistically, you could be looking at 10, 20, or 30, or longer years before that is actually realized. But with God's power, He can expedite it, and God can work very strong, very quickly on your behalf. So this is what He has instructed me to share with those of you that are watching, uh, those of you that are listening, that He wants you to sow a special seed for debt freedom on Yom Kippur. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to know that I'm going to be in agreement with you for a debt freedom miracle blessing to take place in your life. It could be something where God swoops in in a special way and maybe something happens where something is released into your life provisionally where you could pay all of the debts off perhaps even at once. Or it could be something where you see God in a miraculous way expedite, speed up the paying off of your debts where things just start happening. And you're so blessed in the way that you can pay this one, that one, that one, that one, from the smallest to the largest. And before you know it, they're gone. Not in 30 years, but much sooner. You know, we have uh, a nation now that is built on the economics of debt. And uh, we have uh, college students getting out of college with uh, incredible debt. So they're starting their journey already bogged down in debt. And let me say something exemplary about the kingdom of God. There is no secular college, whether it's Harvard or Yale or any of these institutions, there is no secular institution along the lines of business that can teach you how to function in debt freedom. You know who are the only ones proclaiming this lifestyle? It's the church. It's God's people. It's the kingdom of God. Is debt sin? Not, uh, no, it's not. Now, there is a place where it can become sin. When you, when you see a nation that has 20-plus trillion dollars in debt, yes, that's sin. That is grossly, just completely debt that's out of control, unchecked. And, uh, and so, that yeah, I would call that sin. But debt in itself is not sin. But let's remember, and let's also be honest, it's certainly not the position that you would prefer to be in. Amen. If you, if you could be in a, the better position, you'd be in the position where you're debt free. Glory to God. Amen. So that's what the Lord has instructed uh, for me to share with you. Praise God. And I'm going to be praying and interceding for you that God would do a special miracle that as your seed comes in, for Yom Kippur, a holy seed for a very holy day. Amen. Now we know that every day in Christ is holy. But when we connect with the spiritual implications of what the feast days are, there's a release of anointing because our faith is able to connect with that because of what it conveys and what it means. Jesus, who took care of our sin debt, which was the ultimate problem facing humanity, okay? So if he took care of that, which he did by the shedding of his blood at Calvary, then the dealing with our financial debt is something on a much smaller scale. 
Praise God. So the Lord Jesus wants to help bring you out of debt, and he has told me that he wants you to sow a seed, your very best seed, into this work of the Lord so that the kingdom will continue, the kingdom message will continue to go forth, and I'm going to be praying. And I'm not just talking about a little bitty prayer. I'm really putting my heart into this, that you see God's power in your life, and you see God get you absolutely, completely out of debt. Praise God. So that's my prayer for you, and I'm happy to be able to share this instruction with you from the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. So over these next 20 days, I'm going to be praying uh, for you. If you already have your seed available and you want to bring it in, then go ahead and bring it into the storehouse of the Lord here. We'll use it to continue to expand God's kingdom. My great desire is to see the knowledge of the Lord cover the earth. And we're doing all we can as a ministry here to see just to that. So your giving helps us move forward in that plan, in that project. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I believe God's going to do it for you. I believe it, I believe it with all of my heart. So I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, those that are watching and listening between now and Yom Kippur, October the 4th, or on October the 5th, I pray, Father God, that they get their miracle seed in for a miracle deliverance from debt. Father, I thank you that I stand here in a pure conscience, knowing that this is not something that I have fabricated. This is not something that I have copied, maybe because some other good minister is doing something similar. But I'm doing this because you told me that this is what you want me to tell your people to do on the day of Yom Kippur. So, Father, I thank you that your people hear your voice. And I thank you, Father, that whatever your spirit would lead them to give, whatever that number would be, they will obey you and they will do just that. And I thank you, Father God, you're going to do a debt removing miracle for them. Now, Father God, we give you praise and glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, those of you that are sowing into the Yom Kippur debt freedom offering, uh, if you want to mail it in, of course, send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you want to bring in your holy offering online, just go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's the orange banner that says Projects. Click that, and you'll see the little drop-down menu of where you can select for your offering to go. And uh, you'll see the one that says, it says Field of Dreams Yom Kippur, because we have some debt left on that loan when we purchased that property, and I want to see God's property paid off. Praise the Lord. And I believe, I believe we're going to be able to get it done. We're going to play it completely off to the glory of God. Amen. So that's what you will click on when you're sowing your Yom Kippur offering. Click on uh, Field of Dreams Yom Kippur. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm very excited. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for standing with us as we do all we can to cover the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. Praise God. Now, let's talk today about the power of prayer. And I want to go to a beautiful scripture. This uh, scripture really just grabbed me this week. It's John chapter 14, and let's go to verse 13. Praise God. John, excuse me, chapter, yes, chapter 14, verse 13. Praise you, Lord. Now, verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise the Lord. Well, what a powerful truth that Jesus has shared with us. And let's jump into this so that we can make sure that we're walking in this. And this not be one of those scriptures that, you know, as a believer, you just stand back and say, well, that would be wonderful, but that just looks too good to be true. Let's do what we can to fulfill this promise of the Lord in our lives. Now, again, Jesus said, and whatever you ask in my, in my name, in my name that I will do. There is a real key here in utilizing 
the name of Jesus. And of course, that is the name that is above every name. And so there is power in the name of Jesus. So when we pray to the Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And let's drop down to verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to work out our salvation. We're going to pray. And as we pray, we're going to use the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, a name that has all authority invested in it. Now, this is very important when you understand that when you're praying in the name of Jesus, you're not just using religious language or some type of religious cliche. You have to understand the authority in that name that you're working with. And I remember years back, uh, Kenneth Hagin told the story about an old missionary who ministered in a certain part of Africa, and uh, he was ministering to the tribal king and was actually able to lead him to the Lord. So this man became a Christian. He committed his life to Jesus. Now, this man, of course, was very happy to have heard the gospel and to have received Christ. And so what the king, this tribal king did is that he gave to the missionary his very own spear. And the, the Western missionary, you know, didn't quite understand the significance of the spear. He was kind of wondering, well, I don't really know if this is like a ceremonial gift or, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? But he found out really quick about that spear. What he did is that um, he carried it with him as he was going to his next location, the minister. And he found out that when all of the others uh, saw that, that spear, they instantly gave tremendous honor and respect to him because they knew that was the king's spear. So it didn't take the missionary long to figure out that as long as he had that spear in his hand, that was the ticket to ride openly, safely, and freely anywhere in that large tribal area where that king governed over. So he could go anywhere into any one of these uh, multiple villages and just start preaching and nobody could hurt him. Uh, and if he, if he asked for something, uh, they were actually required to give it to him. It's all because of that spear that was given to him and he's holding that spear in his hand. Now, in the same way as that spear represented the king, uh, almost as if the king is standing there with that missionary himself, that's what that spear represents, his authority. Well, that's what the name of Jesus does. It represents his authority. So what should we do with it? Well, we, we should use it in prayer so that we are powerful in prayer. We want to use the name of Jesus. It is the name that speaks and answers everywhere where it is used. And there's no authority in heaven or earth that can resist the name of Jesus. And we see the name used also by the Apostle Peter in a very brief prayer. I mean, super short, but yet he used that mighty name and a great miracle took place. We can look at this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3, and let's go down to verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, 
and praising God. The name of Jesus is the seal of authority that validates your request in heaven. Woo! Praise God. Get ready to have your prayers answered as you pray to the Father in the name, the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, John 14. Let's go back to John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14 again. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise the Lord. Now, receiving what you ask for in prayer is very important to line up two areas in your life that cause verses 13 and 14 to really have value and to come alive for you. So I want to share two things, and these two things are very important so that when you go to pray in the name of Jesus, you receive from God what you ask for. It is time, my friends, for you to see the power of God displayed in your life. It is time to have prayers that produce, and that is what you're going to be experiencing. Now, these two areas to focus on to see these mighty answers to prayer, the first area is very important. It's the area of obedience. Say that word today. Say obedience. Obedience is one of the keys that will launch you as a believer into the realm of answered prayer. And I tell you what, when you have answered prayers, it brings tremendous confidence in your walk with the Lord and also in your Christian witness. Praise God, because you know that you serve a living God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, obedience, uh, it runs a wide gamut. Uh, a lot of it is based upon your knowledge of the scriptures, but along with that knowledge comes responsibility to walk in the light of the truth that you enjoy. Praise the Lord. You know, a few weeks back, uh, maybe a closer to a little over a month ago, my wife and I were in Tennessee staying at a hotel uh, involved in uh, some ministry things. And uh, in the morning, it was time for us to check out, get ready to come back home. And so I told Kelly, I'm going to go ahead and go out uh, to the elevator because I was ready to go and had, had some things with me. And I said, I'll just wait for you there. She said, okay, I'll be there in just a couple of minutes. So I left the room and went over to the elevator and I'm just standing there. And a man walks up to the elevator all by himself. And the man was Dr. Jerry Savelle, the great Bible teacher. And I realized that it was him and it kind of surprised me, but I realized, oh, that's Dr. Jerry Savelle. So I stepped over to the side just for a moment and I reached in my pocket and I took out every bit of cash that I had on me at the time. And if, I, if I'm correct, I think it was either, it was like $406 or maybe $407 or something like that. And I just took it all in my hand and I said, Dr. Savelle, how are you today? He said, oh, and he smiled. He said, I'm doing good. I said, sir, here, I want to bless you. I said, your ministry has blessed me for many, many years. I've read your books. I've listened to your teaching. And he really, really appreciated it. And we had just a moment to talk. And I found out he was, he was leaving and he was actually on the way to the airport to fly out on his plane. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, why would you just pull money out of your pocket and give it to a, a minister, an esteemed minister like that? because my friends of obedience, and I know the scriptures too well, amen, concerning these areas. Look, you have got to learn to recognize divine moments when they happen. And when they happen, if you obey scriptures, those scriptures produce in your life. And of course, we're not just doing this mechanically. We're doing this out of love and you're doing this out of your love for the Lord and also uh, out of the neat things that he does through relationships and connections and stuff like that. So I instantly knew what was going on. Well, Pastor Stephen, what would that be? Well, quite, quite simply, that would be Matthew chapter 10. Let's take a look at this one. Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Praise the Lord. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive what? 
a prophet's reward. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, you're, you're a prophet. Yes, that is true. I, I am internationally recognized as a prophet. But I also know that Jerry Savelle is a prophet, and he's older than I am. He's esteemed as a general in the faith. And so when I saw him, I said, Lord, I'm going to bless this esteemed prophet of yours. Amen. That's why I reached in my pocket and handed him that cash. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess you're sitting here this morning preaching. Now your pockets are all empty. Oh, no. Hallelujah. The Lord's unfilled the back up. Amen. The Lord's got my pockets full. Uh, the Lord's filled up my wife's pockets. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, how does that happen? Well, I'll give you an example. I got uh, the ministry received and like it was like an overnight express envelope here at the ministry. And our, our secretary had opened it up and then presented those things to my wife. And then she shared those things with me. But inside was, number one, a very gracious offering for the ministry, for the work of the Lord. And number two, there was another offering in there. And in this one, it said, Pastor Stephen, this offering is for you and Pastor Kelly. You both do so much for the Lord. So I wanted to bless the ministry, and I also want to bless you both personally. Amen. So when you honor a prophet, it provokes God to release the prophetic grace that's on that prophet to come and touch you with what's called the prophet's reward. And the prophet's reward uh, is in a sense where the words don't fall to the ground. You see that with the prophet Samuel. But there's also prophets that walk in prosperity anointing, uh, you know, uh, deep prophetic gifting, et cetera, et cetera. It's all good. But you have to know how to touch that anointing and, and provoke the divine release. Amen. And so a, an offering of love can do just that. And you know, I gave that and the Lord just filled my pockets right back up. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. What is that? That's on the spot, on the moment obedience. And there's these certain areas of obedience. If you don't get it right then, uh, it, when it's divinely lined up like that was, then you can't, you can't just like try to create this stuff out of the air. These are God moments, and you have to know how to respond during those times. Amen. But all of this, these areas of obeying quickly, quickly. I tell you, when the Holy Spirit moves me and my wife to give, we give. We don't argue with God. We, we give. We, we're quick to obey. When the Lord told Abram, rise up early and go and offer your only son as a sacrifice, I tell you, the next morning, Abraham was up early, and he got the wood chopped, and he had the, everything saddled up and ready to go, including Isaac. Amen. A trip that Isaac would never forget. Well, my friends, he was quick to obey. So obedience is something that we must be careful to really observe it. And we actually, I would call it staying on the frequency of obedience. You always want to be quick to obey. Praise the Lord. And I want to encourage you to, in this area of obedience, to actually strengthen your stand. And you will see that when you do this, you send the devil packing and you send the blessings unpacking in your life. Okay, I'll say that again. When you take a firm stand in the area of obedience, you send the devil packing. You get him out of your life, okay? And you also send the blessings into your life unpacking. All those blessings catch up, overtake you, and they are unpacked in your life. So make sure that this area of obedience is something that uh, does not hold back your prayer life. You want to be walking obediently to the Lord. It is quite interesting how some people approach this. Let me give you an example. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of of host. Now, 
What I've noticed is that for some Christians, instead of proving God and being obedient in this area of tithes and offerings, they don't tithe and they sit back and then begin to pray, God, help me financially. God, I need you to, I need you to give me some money. And so they're, they're praying and maybe they're even praying in Jesus name, but do you see that they are praying from a platform where there's disobedience that's working? So we don't want to limit short circuit or annul our prayers because of these areas that we're not measuring up to obedience the way that God requires us to do so. So we can, we can prove God. And I tell you what, when, when you honor him with the tithe, you prove, uh, you're saying, Lord, prove yourself and he will, he'll show himself strong to you in this area. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is very important. Now, this was an area that Saul, the king of Israel, he just didn't get it right. And because of that, he's going to end up losing the kingship. We all know about David, who would come on the scene uh, pretty soon after this. But let's take a look for a moment very quickly today in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 15. Chapter 15, this is a time where God has instructed the leader, Saul, to destroy the Amalekites. Because when the Israelites were coming up out of Egypt the Amalekites uh, were just harassing them and they would ambush the Israelites and they would pick off the ones that were on the bat that were weak or maybe not keeping up with the tribe, you know, or the, the na nations they were moving through the wilderness and et cetera. And so they just really, really were wicked, evil people to do what they were doing. And so God tells Saul, wipe them all out. Uh, and you make sure you wipe them all out because if you let any live, the survivors, they'll be, sh they'll be sure to rise up one day and kill you. So uh, take care of this situation, but he didn't do it. So we have verse 12. What happened is that Saul spared a bunch of animals, even spared the king. Wow. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I have been obedient. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen I hear? In other words, the sheep and the oxen, uh, they're all supposed to have been killed. <laughs> so Saul, uh, what's going on? So Saul offers this flimsy religious excuse. You know, he's trying to, you know, maybe get these animals for sacrifice. And it's just, but the bottom line is just, just, it's just disobedience. So we come to verse 22. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, here's the classic statement. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed, now the word heed means to pay attention. And to heed or to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. Now let's look at it one more time. Behold, to obey or to be obedient is better than sacrifice, and to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. My friends, I'm here today to encourage you in your prayer life, and while you're praying, I want you to understand that obedience is supreme. Woo! Praise God. Amen. And the Lord, He sees that while you're praying, and He wants to answer your prayers, but we must be right. We must pull these things together. And one of these very important areas, yes, it is the area of obedience. Now, number two, I'm only going to share two with you today, but the number two thing, number two area that you need to focus on to get really good results in your prayer life is this area of what I would call actions. Let's go over the first Samuel chapter one. Uh, beloved story that we, we love about Hannah 
and the miracle child Samuel that she received. So let's talk just for a moment about your actions and how that affects your prayer life and what, what it also conveys to the Lord. Actions. 1 Samuel chapter 1, and let's go now to verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Wow. So she has gotten the prayer request through to God, and the high priest has even jumped in on it and is like, Yep, God's going to do this for you. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, verse 18. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away, that would be Hannah, so the woman went, went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. This is incredible. Earlier, we are told in chapter 1 about the great bitterness of soul that she was experiencing. And even in verse 8, her husband said, Hannah, why do you weep? And uh, all the crying and all the weeping. But see, my friends, the Lord, he looks at your actions. And so when you pray, which is what Hannah did, and you believe in your heart that God has heard your prayer, and then he's going to do it, then what's it time for? It's time to wipe away the tears. Amen. It's time to change your countenance and switch fully into a mode of expectancy, which will always have actions associated with it, the action of changing your countenance, the action of wiping the tears away, the action of like, well, I've, I've finished my fast. Let's go eat. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Your action determines the response you get from heaven. Oh, that's very powerful. I want to say it again because this is connecting with your prayer life. Your action determines the response you get from heaven. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And what, what was her blessing? Verse 21. Let's see. That, actually, that's chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 21. Let's see uh, what was produced, this blessing that God he saw out of the reaction. Verse 21, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And this is after Samuel. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So this just broke her through into a new level, a new realm. And yes, she prayed, but along with that completion of that prayer, then she switches over to the correct actions. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Woo! Praise God. Amen. I tell you, those of you that are watching today, maybe... You need a job, and you have prayed, and you know God heard your prayer. That's a good job, because the Apostle Paul said uh, that we are to work with our hands that which is good. Amen. So that we can uh, even have extra, so that we can give and be a blessing to others. So it's a great request, very scriptural. So you ask God for the job. What's next? Your actions. You get up in the morning, and you get dressed, and you go out, and you take your laptop with you, or whatever, and uh, and you just you just act as if you have a full-time job, because until you get one, your full-time job is looking for a full-time job. But you, you must have actions, not just prayer, and then just kind of sit back. You must have the actions. Praise the Lord. Mm. And actually, Hannah even talked about this in her great prophetic proclamation. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. Listen to this. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. Again, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Yes, there is a place for prayer. Yes, there is a place for talk. But my friends, there is also the place for actions, and by him what? Actions are weighed. Amen. You need to move forward. You need to believe that you're moving forward and take those necessary actions that give validity 
to what it is that you actually believe. There's always something that you can act to move it one step forward. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Take those positive steps that clearly indicate where you believe you are going. Thank you, Lord. Now, let me say this. This is important. If you really believe that when you pray according to his will and that God hears you, and if he hears you, you have received your petition, then act it. Just act like you believe it. Woo! Don't look sorrowful and mournful. No, wake up and don't let any of that stuff try to get on you. Just wake up and start acting like God has heard and answered your prayer. Start moving right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. One more story. One more story. Let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 21. And I'll have to be honest that if God did this for old King Ahab with the mess that his life was, with all of the sin and iniquity that he had committed, if God if God does this for him, watch what he's going to do for you. We're going over the first Kings chapter 21. Let's go down to verse 27. So it was when Ahab heard those words, the, the prophetic judgment against him, when he heard those war words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body. What are all of these? These are actions of repentance and fasted and lay in sackcloth, and went about mourning. Notice the actions of this man that give the indication of his true inner repentance. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. So just by repenting and having these actions that verify that he really means it, he was spared those awful judgments that would come, but he was spared so he would not have to taste those bitter ex experiences. And this is Ahab who was married to Jezebel. So you're looking at corruption, bribery, murder, all kinds of stuff baked in here. But yet this man knew that the word spoken to him was true and it jolted him. And there was a change. My friends, if God can see this man's actions and honor that to the degree that he can, then what can he do for you as a blood washed child of God who is praying according to his will and you're praying with fervency and you're calling out in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you what, and you're, you're putting actions to that because you actually believe it. I tell you, you're going to see God do some amazing things for you. Now let's go back one more time to our key scripture today. This is John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. My friends, don't let something as beautiful and as full of potential as this promise of Jesus uh, sit there like an uncashed check. Grab this. Begin to pray. Begin to lift your request before the Lord. God will speak. God will answer. And then you can enjoy the manifestation of this thing that you're desiring God to do. You know, for some of you, you hadn't had a good, you haven't had a real good miracle in quite some time. It's time to get back into that prayer frequency with God. And that's also the, the, the frequency that miracles write on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, God is lighting your uh, inner fires to pray, to pray strong, to pray at times long if that's necessary. You know, that all depends on your schedule, your work, and your sleep, and so forth. But God is, is inspiring you because what happens is that one of the greatest motivators is 
when it's working. In other words, it's success is a motivator. When you're actually seeing God move the agenda forward that he has for your life, and you know it's happening because of prayer, what does that do? Well, it motivates you to keep praying even more. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see, I see great things happening for you. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you that your people are touching the area of power in prayer, and they are prevailing in prayer. And I thank you there will never be another month of stagnation ever in their life again. There will never be a better yesteryear in their life again. I thank you, Father, that their prayer life is on fire, and I thank you that they're carrying the fire, guarding the fire, protecting it so it never goes out. And I thank you they're burning brightly for you, and I thank you for miracle answers to prayer. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, Father, and amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today and you want to be able to pray and have God answer your prayers, it begins by being able to pray in the name of Jesus. And to pray in the name of Jesus, you have to know that you have to know that person. You have to know him. Praise the Lord. And then you can pray in his name. So it's time for you to get your life right with Jesus the name that is above every name. Call upon him right now. He'll save you right where you're at. Just pray this prayer out loud. Pray it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. You died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. Jesus, Write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. The burden is gone. The weight is gone. The sin is gone. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. I want you to grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers, these little crackers, but you can use whatever you might have available, okay? And the Lord will honor that. And get some juice. I use, uh, like in the Bible, I use the grape juice. If you don't have that, grab what you can for now until you can get yourself some grape juice and some little crackers. Just use what you have and God will bless it. Now let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread and the grape juice. We bless it. And through this prayer, we set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that this is real food. And we thank you, O oh God, that we are people that pray. We thank you, Father, we pray morning, noon, and night. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Uh, let us be lit on fire where our lives, even as David said, I I have become prayer. Even in the Hebrew, it says that he had become prayer. Father, let your people be a prayerful people, a people of your word, and also a people that are of prayer so that the word stays fresh and anointed. Thank you, Father God, for the body of Jesus. We thank you for strength, even energy, Father God, because sometimes you call us to pray at night or that anointing is there to pray. And sometimes we may not always have the perfect sleep uh, requirements that we would uh, desire, but you'll, you'll make that up for us, and you'll always give us a, that rest if, if and when we need it. We thank you, Father God, for the grace to pray as we right now receive the Lord's body. In his name, we pray. Amen. Let's protect together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that laziness was not in Jesus. And so as we take communion, communion enforces that what was not in him cannot be found in us. We thank you, God, Father, for the removal of any type of lethargy, whether it's spiritual lethargy and unwillingness or just a, uh, a person that would, uh, that's a Christian that would not be in the prayer. We thank you for the removal of spiritual lethargy, and we thank you for the removal even of physical lethargy. 
We thank you, Father God, for good rest and good sleep for our bodies. We thank you, Father, that it is your will for us to live long on the earth. We thank you, Father, that Jesus is returning. Help us to do all we can to preach the gospel around the world, to be doing our part. We thank you, Father God, for complete forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that on that one, we don't have to wait to the day of Yom Kippur. And we don't have to go before another high priest, but we come before Jesus daily, who is our high priest. And we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus and all of our sins being cleansed. Right now, Father, we forgive anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them. We bless them and we keep on going in you. And we thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus is all over our minds, our bodies, our lives, our families, our ministries, our businesses, our properties. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Father, we receive the blood now. We thank you for health in our bodies and strength and wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you also for being prayerful about what the Lord would have you to do concerning your Yom Kippur special offering, a seed that you sow for debt freedom. You know, Oral Roberts uh, said that the greatest revelation that he received from God was the ability that we have to sow a seed for a specific need. If you want a tomato plant, you sow tomato seeds. If you want cantaloupe and watermelon, you sow cantaloupe and watermelon seeds. So it is a revelation where you can sow seed and reap in that area. And Yom Kippur has always been associated since the day it was uh, proclaimed by God to Moses. And Moses expounded it in the book of Leviticus chapter 23. And it's always associated with freedom from debt. Praise God and forgiveness of sin and forgiving others. So thank you for standing with me in this kingdom project. Thank you for supporting the ministry. I'll be praying for you, for you to receive your miracle, and I'll be praying over your seed. God bless you. Have a great week, and I'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye.